Okay, welcome listeners to today's episode of Modern History HSC Podcast. We'll be discussing a bit of a revision for what we've done for the last four weeks. My name is Mr. Livens and I'm a cracky for the Newcastle Uni. Um, so in the last four weeks, I've had a baptism by fire of learning about the Russian Revolution myself. Uh, thankfully, I was joined by a bunch of eager young historians who loved the subject and we're just going to introduce each other, themselves now. Hey, I'm Campbell. Hey, I'm Ben. I'm Jade. Hey, I'm Paige. I'm Jaden. And I'm Jack. Excellent. All right, so that's the eager young historians. That's the, the A team I brought with me today to discuss uh, Lenin, uh, the Bolsheviks, uh, Russia's revolution. And I think we might just start off talking about Lenin the man and what kind of person he was. Who wants to take that lead? Okay. Um, yeah, Lenin was a... Uh, like a visionary he had a lot of knowledge rather than like the basic peasant and he's pretty much the reason why the Bolsheviks came into power because he was just so eager and like just yeah he had a lot of knowledge on I know a lot of politics stuff yes yeah no he was he was a big boss man so why was he so driven do you think um well from when he was a young boy in school his brother was killed by just the Tsar, I guess, like the, yeah, for, uh, by the Tsar because his brother had different thoughts against the Tsar, pretty much, and that was just, that was the reason to hang him. And then I can remember that his father died uh, not long after that as well, and that pretty much drove Lenin to become a more eager person, going to beer halls and stuff, and riling up all the peasants to start a revolution. So you mentioned that he sort of went into beer, beer halls and, and yeah. underground workers um, to sort of motivate them. Why, why was that important? Why was it important for him to motivate the workers? Uh, to get him on, get them on his side and pretty much just say like how bad their lives are, just getting the same thing every day, doing the same work hours, which was like 18 work hours a day, just unfair treatment really. And very low pay or no pay at all, just the same. Yeah, like food as payment most times, which is usually porridge. And yeah, I don't think it would have been that hard to get them on his side because they just would have been sick of it. So how many peasants are we talking about? Yeah, so as you was saying, as the peasants had 80% of the Russians population, getting their support would be a big step as, you know, 80% is a big number out of 100. So yeah, I'll just say, yeah, basically, if you have peasants on your side that make up most of the population, that's a lot of support. Okay. Yep. So, and but how did so what was his what was his drive for getting him on side? Like how did you get him on side? Did you just say like, um, come on, peasants? No. Like how they did it. Well, how they did. Sorry. Is like he gave him a promise, which was peace, land, and bread. Because peasants, all they got was like barely any food. Land was taken by the rich, and basically they were just working for nothing. So Landon like saw this falling like economy and thought, you know, we'll like start over, try to make it work again. You know, make Russia great again. So yeah all right so he was going to so he's got offering peace land and bread obviously the bread better better conditions for people for the workers um what about the land who was he taking the land from he was taking it from the land landowners so like the white collar and the white collar always treated like their peasants as just as bad as like the czar and so i don't think it would have been hard for lenin to to persuade the peasants to join his side anyway a promise is better than what they were getting. Yeah. Anyone else want to add to that? 
That's pretty good. No. So um, if we look at, so you could say that Lennon had the foresight and the motivation to sort of take control at a crisis point um, in the revolution because everyone was sort of worried about the status quo and they weren't happy with it. Everyone's, everyone's got happy with that sort of analogy of what's going on. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, you could say that they were heading towards a revolution. Uh, sorry, yeah, revolution. Um, what were some main driving points behind that? What were some forces that, that led them into that? Just the disagreements between the peasants and like the landowners, because the landowners had like a lot of wealth. They had a lot of resources, but the peasants made up for that in numbers, which made like the peasants could actually win the revolution and tensions just between the two just, just grew too great. So it was always going to happen, I reckon. So is it just like the peasants versus the landowners or is it the peasants versus the style of government? Versus the style of government, I think. So they all obviously had the czars and the czar only really cared about the rich people and the landowners and the peasants got nothing. So I think that when Lenin was like, come on, guys, like we're being poorly treated, let's do something about it, I think they're all pretty on his side. So was Lenin like, like Batman? Was he a lone warrior, or did he have others? And if he did have others, who who were they? What sort of people were they? Yeah, Trotsky. He was like his main boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know too much about Trotsky. Were they educated? Yes. Yeah. What sort of education? <laughs> were they like rickies or were they, you know, uh, university college? Intellectuals. Intellectuals. <laughs> okay, so it was, was Lenin's Bolshevik, you know, sort of spearhead party. It was Lenin and then some intellectuals or? Pretty much. Yeah. People didn't know what they were doing. Okay. And what were they trying to put in place? Better society. Right. Just somewhere. Like eighty percent of the population was being unfair, unfairly treated. So just more fair, equal. Yep. So was so was there um, like Lenin's own style of government that he wanted to put in? Yeah. Was it he ever he ever like a? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had his own like sort of ideology. I think that's what you're getting at. Um, called Leninism, which was like an adaptation on. Marxism it was but it was different because in Marxism it's like a slow transition between or through um, capitalism to socialism whereas Lenin decided he didn't want to have capitalism and he just skipped straight to socialism but that caused a, a few problems so why did he want to skip it because he thought like the people not only would not really understand it, but then when you go to capitalism, all the power would have gone back to the people who owned all the land. So yep. he wouldn't have gotten in power after it anyway. So that goes back to him being sort of driven by previous by his childhood events and that sort of thing, you think? Yeah. Yep. So what else was a drive for, for um, Russia falling into the revolution? We've spoken about the hardship of the workers, we've spoken about 
the change in leadership and, and government. Anyone got anything else to add? Well, I think that Russia was also pretty far behind other um, countries in Europe in terms of like industrialization and industry and stuff like that. They were still they were still using like horse and cart and stuff like that when everyone else had a railway system. So um, like people were starting to notice that like why are we so far behind? So they wanted they wanted something different from a czar to like really just bring them up to speed, kind of. Okay, excellent, excellent. So we've spoken briefly about the revolution and Lenin and why he gained power. Um, and then we've also got the war and talk about the war. So was there any further pressures from outside onto Russia during this period of time? Germany. Yeah. <laughs> um, Germany was just always breathing down their neck and yeah, they were just always on them. And I don't think Russia had a chance of winning because not only they had to put up with all that effort to protect their land, they also had all those like internal problems. And so uh, from that, the TOBL, what's that? Yeah, well, that's where that came from. <laughs> okay, so we've got a treaty. What's this treaty about? How did that come about? And who led the charge from both sides? Um, pretty much Germany put out, well, Russia wanted an end to the war and they discussed treaties of what, like, would be shared, I guess, like what Russia would give to stop Germany from pushing through. And the first one, I think there was three different treaties and everyone got worse. The first one was, I'm not sure what was included, but it was just, it was pretty harsh and they weren't expecting it. So I think Trotsky, uh, like, got rid of it and told him, no, like we want something better than that. Then they came out with the second treaty from Germany and it was even worse. They also shunned that away. And then the third one came out and they pretty much realized they've got to take it and cut their losses and get out of the war. Yeah, okay, so the treaty was pretty harsh, but what was in the terms of the treaty? Fight for land. Yeah, like I was gonna say. Yeah. Most important Growing land. land in that. Yep, so land was given up, um, what, would have, what would have happened if uh, they didn't sign that treaty? Um, Germany would have invaded Russia. Yeah, and the Bolsheviks would have lost control of power, so yeah. yeah, that's why the treaty was necessary, essential really, yeah, for the survival of the Bolshevik party, so. Excellent. Yeah. And Lenin, Lenin saw that, because he knew if Germany just came in, then they would, they would have just made someone like a czar Put in charge, they wouldn't just no. put the Tsar back in charge, they wouldn't have put him, and then so then it was like, ah, gotta sign the treaty, like he had to do it. So, yeah, he's been put in a rock and a hard place, don't you believe? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, we've got this treaty that's gone ahead. Um, so really, they were, they were told that they was given no option that, to um sign it to save the party and save Russia at that time yeah. yeah so what happened so what was did the civil war sorry did the civil war take a type massive cost on on russia during that time or because we're talking about um, consolidating the power now so we've, we've we've done the treaty and the reasons behind that so we've, you know germany was going to take over 
Um, what was another aspect of being able to go, you know what, have what you like, Germany, we'll just focus over here. Who, who was the driver behind that? Not sure. Not sure? So who wanted to who wanted to focus on making the country better, making Russia better? Because he promised peace, land, and bread. All right. So what's the first aspect of the treaty? Peace. peace. Then what could he focus with? The internal affairs going on. The way yeah. into peace, land, and bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Getting some land and getting some bread out to the people, as he's promised. Yeah. So could you see that the the treaty was a huge like? How was it seen in Russia? Did some see it as a political win or did some see it as a loss? A bit of both, I reckon. It's like, yeah, they lost land and that, but then also saying that they also kept the Bolshevik party going so they wouldn't get like overthrown and another Tsar comes in and makes it worse. So yeah, it's sort of, yeah, 50-50, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a tough call, but he delivered on a promise yeah. and then you know, also saved his own own skin sort of thing. Yeah. Um, what else would we like to talk about with the uh, the Bolshevik Party and the treaty? Mm. Not sure. <laughs> okay, what happened uh, afterwards? Who was like, talk about Trotsky. What was his role? So his first role was... Um, to do the treaty, to get yep. that signed, get that done. What else was his role? His second role that he had, do you remember that one? No? No. Not sure, I just remember that he was always important to Lenin and like, I guess a good decision maker and always a part of like, I guess you want to call it an inner circle of like Lenin and his group. Yep. Just making, making decisions. Yep, yep. So, who did they take the land off? Who did Lenin take land off as part of his second peace land and bread? The landowners. Yeah, the landowners. Yep, yep. Wow. Do you reckon they were happy with that decision? No. Why not? I mean, if you're born, if they were most likely born into being rich and wealthy, at this, like, like being born into it, then they wouldn't really know what being like poor and that is and no hard, like, what, being hard on this, like being oh, treated harshly. <laughs> yeah. So just be ungrateful and always expect to be given the best of the best. So, yeah. like for them, if they're just chilling with all their land, they're real rich, rich, and then the government comes and just takes it off them, they're probably not going to like that. And then they're going to want to start a revolution. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe start like, you know, if you, some, you get something taken away from you, sort of. Yeah, you want it back. How do you get it back? Fight, fight, fight. That's right. Yeah, fight for it. Mm. So what happens next? Civil, Civil war. war. The Red Army and the Red White Army. Okay, and who were those guys? The Red Army was the workers, the Bolshevik Party and like the peasants, and the White Army was the wealthy, rich landowners. Yeah. What happened? Did they just like play a game of Skittles and call it a day and see who wins gets the land or like was it big losses little losses tell me about the war tell me about the civil war what do you remember i pretty much know that the red army was way more motivated and in terms of the white army i kind of back to what i said before they had uh, low morale and just like 
they didn't want to do anything because they didn't expect they weren't ex- they didn't expect themselves and they didn't expect other landowners to be fighting and like working hard because that's not what they're used to they're just used to being rich and sitting in their big posh mansions and <laughs> so yeah that was very low morale and they weren't excited or not excited but just like like boosted to get their stuff motivated. Back. motivated yeah um, so what else was another issue that the whites had between themselves the white because they're all rich they're all powerful mm. glory so was could you see that as a as a a problem between within fighting or not like they wouldn't have had one leader to go to as yeah. the red army they did they had Lennon they had one man in charge they knew to listen to whereas the whites they were probably more fighting just in between them because they all wanted to be the boss yeah like no one wanted to back down and not be in charge yeah and so that that's a very valid point that's exactly what it was there was you know more than one more than one leader and they the reason was that if, if they thought if they had the biggest battle and the best win then at the end of it they would be able to lead rural russia so you can see how that sort of would cause conflict anything anyone got anything else to add to this podcast any burning questions queries or definite points who wants to talk about my train yeah i was going to bring that up <laughs> you're going to bring it up please <laughs> let's talk because no i want to know about this train yeah well, trotsky had his own little personal train it was pretty packed with some pretty cool stuff, I guess. I think Ben knows some, but yeah, it was just like a pretty much big behemoth train. Like it was just a very armored train. Yeah. With like radio station. What was that a printer thing? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it had a printing press yeah, on printing, it. Yeah, printing station. Handpicked soldiers. Yeah. Jotsky, so the best. best. Handpicked yeah. high rank soldiers to protect you, and it was just it had like twenty different things, and <laughs> just yeah, pretty packed with room of cool stuff. So if they see that going through your town, but instead of shooting it, they like handed out pamphlets and stuff. And that really like got more people on their side out in like the country. Cause like there wasn't like social media and stuff. They couldn't just send out a tweet <laughs> and do that. So if you saw that, you'd probably want to be on that train's team. So I guess that's kind of helped. It's a very cool train. <laughs> So yeah, that was the main purpose of that train. One, you have this big, big armored train rolling in with all the guns and all the weaponry and manpower, and yeah, the first thing they hand out is is information to those villagers that this is what's going on on the other side. So that's you know one of the purposes. Anything else before we wind up this podcast? No, pretty much covered everything. You covered everything. Everything we've covered. Yep. So, yeah. Alrighty. Well, I'll sign off saying thank you for this. It has been informative, <laughs> and the next podcast will be coming up hopefully before the end of the year. So subscribe, buy our merch, <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye.